and welcome to this special outdoor episode yeah. of Freedom of Good Home. I don't think we've ever done one of these before. My name is Michael Higgin. I'm joined, as always, by a man in a very festive shirt. Thank you. Uh, what is that? Cherries, is it? It's uh, Berries of sorts. It's some sort of berries. It's very similar to the shirt that I gave away one episode of Dragon Friends that I actually don't think you were there for. <laughs> uh, it's Ben Jenkins. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm really well. It's been a while. and it's been uh, a while. We had, we had some problems today in that I... Uh, I guess you could, technically speaking, I, I forgot the recording equipment. Yeah, which is like, I would say it's a load-bearing element of the recording process. <laughs> I mean, so um, I've, I've, I've in the past forgotten snacks. Sure. I've forgotten to pick up coffees for us, <laughs> and we've actually managed to soldier on with our can-do attitude. When I was five minutes, no, I think, I think two minutes away from your house, and you texted me, and you texted me, and and Siri told me. <laughs> so Siri just read out, oh shit, Ben, I'm so sorry. Yeah, and that was it was kind of because I was like, I can get very angry at Michael Hing, but Siri, I can't stay mad at you. <laughs> uh, so instead, because the way we, that she was like, oh fuck, I'm so sorry. I was like, no, Siri, come on, man, it's fine. <laughs> Uh, so we had to go. We, had, we went to, to mine to yeah, record this. But my, my son is about to go to sleep in the apartment, so we're in we're in my shared apartment courtyard. Yeah, in, out in nature, which we've never done before. No, I, we've I, never I, had an outdoor. It's terrifying. Yeah, um, I think recording sound outdoors is difficult. What you'll hear there, listener, if you can pick it up, is uh, a sort of a, a, a giant boat going by. <laughs> we um, are. Yeah, we're very close to a large body of water. Um, <laughs> we won't say which one, but. Um, yeah, but this is delightful, Ben. Um, which is sort of at odds with um, our usual recording situation, which yeah. is sort of crouched over whatever furniture we can find. Yeah, you know, um, we are in the sun. We are like directly exposed in the sun, <laughs> which is less of a problem for you because you have darker skin than me. But mm. I think I may fry for the for the benefit of our listeners. This is your can-do soldier on attitude, though. Do you know I actually ran into one of our listeners on the way to record at yours? Huh? And uh, I I said to them, you know, it's funny. I'm actually on the way to record A Free Good Home. And then when Siri told me that you'd fucked up and we were like, oh, should we do it? Should we do it? Honestly, the only thing was like, I'm not going to make that person. Because they said like, oh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, if you're listening, you, yes. the, you, the podcast is your responsibility. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, how have you been? Have you been well? What have you been up I've to? I've been good. I, We've I, both been busy. You've been working on a big television show. I've been working on a big show that, that went to air and now is done. Mm-hmm. And now I have my life back. I was traveling a lot for yeah, the show. Because you, you travel a lot for your doco work, yeah. too. And I don't know about you, but I've, I found it um, really lonely and hard. Huh, um, tra- you, you weren't travelling with a crew or something? or I would get to the city that I was shooting in and we'd have like sometimes a stringer crew from there. Yep. Sometimes there'd did be... Did you a- have a presenter or something with you? Or yeah, but it was a different presenter every time and uh, they were always like so busy right. that like I'd get them, because I was just producing, so mm. I'd get them to like do their thing and then they'd go off to the hotel to do whatever. Yeah. Um, so I found myself like really irritating... Wait staff quite a lot because there's a lot of, as you know in TV this is big dad areas by yeah, the way I know. this is huge <laughs> huge dad areas so I found myself because you know as you know in TV it's like very very busy and then it's not mm. and this is the time you you know when, when it's downtime when you're working with people you know very well that's great cause you yep. go yep. to a cafe go have lunch whatever skip some stones across a pond sure but this was just old janky jank and whatever <laughs> fucking poor service staff member whose establishment I found myself in. I was in Adelaide, and I really apologise to this person. If you, in Glenelg, work in the Gloria Jeans on Jetty Street, I think I made you really uncomfortable. What did you do? I, so I, I asked for the bathroom. Sure. 
And I needed the bathroom, but I also needed someone to talk to. Because <laughs> when I travel, when I'm on the road, honestly, I become like an like one of those sad eighty year olds where people are like, "Oh, they just they just want." But you don't look like that, so people. So yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's awful. It's a very different energy. Yeah. So what? So you asked for the bathroom. I asked for the bathroom, and they said, "Oh, we don't actually have a bathroom, but there's a public toilet around the corner." Well, right? that seems like a lie. <laughs> now that I think about it, like yeah, it's probably. a coffee shop. Possibly. What? What kind? Well, I, th- well, what? I, th- I think the I, in their defence and in my defence too, I think the the. The public toilets were so close that whoever was building the Gloria Jones was like, "Oh, we can use that to store our um, homophobia or something." Oh, you know that space. You know, yeah, that, yep. it's, it's so close. So I don't know if you've ever been to Adelaide uh, public toilets, but mm. they are very space age. They're like these silver boxes. You press a button, the door opens like Jetson style, yes. and then like a, a robot tells you to do a poo, <laughs> and then tells you how long you have to do a poo or a wee. Um, it's like a big timer on the wall. Yeah, and then it plays classical music and. Um, I've experienced these space age toilets before. Yeah, yeah. and they self cleaning and all yeah. that. So I went in there, did a wee, came back out, went up to the lady who I'd asked about it, uh-huh. and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and she was like, "Did you find the toilets fine?" I was like, "Did I?" Because I, I I don't know what I thought. I thought this might be a good like five minutes of human interaction. <laughs> and she was like, "Oh nice." I was like, "Have you used them?" And she was like, sorry? I was like, have you used those toilets? She was like, oh, is there a problem? I was like, they are. And I think the phrasing on this is really what did me. I was like, you simply must. (laughs) You simply must. They are a delight. (laughs) The the problem with that, Ben, is that I've used those kinds of toilets. They're not a delight. They're always always a little bit damp because the cleaning... Sure. It's never thorough enough. Sure. You're, you, you always worry. Like, you, there's always just like a little bit of graffiti that hasn't been able to be cleaned off because the robot can't sense it. Like, it's, sure. It's, there's all 1984 kind of vibe to them. Yeah, that's how you imagine. That's what you think Orwell's point was. <laughs> Self-automated toilets. It's just the, it's the logical extension of the memory hole. Sure. <laughs> I don't remember doing a shit at all. <laughs> Um, so what? So so how how long did you string out this conversation with this poor? Oh, lit- literally, yeah. literally, as soon as I said they are a delight, there's like plenty of responses you can have to that, even if it's made you quite uncomfortable. <laughs> she didn't have anything. She just looked right at me, like right into my eyes, and then just went on with what she was doing. <laughs> and she was right to like I'm not complaining. It's because Adelaide is sort of notoriously a very polite place as well. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know how long, how long you had you been in the good city of Adelaide for? Not long, a couple of days. Right, okay, and you'd worn out your welcome somehow. I'd somehow I had, yeah. <laughs> so, so that was basically m- my job was a lot of travel. Yeah, um, and so I just sort of went to to various towns in Australia. Yeah, making people uncomfortable. Um, I, had, I had a similar situation. I don't know if I told you about this. I was in I was in Brisbane uh, interviewing Vietnamese refugees, mm-hmm. and there's a bit in when you make TV where you just need to. Um, Talk to people. They need to film you talking to people, but you don't really need to record the sound. It's what they call overlay. You know yes, I mean? yeah. So, so I was there just talking to these old Vietnamese men. I just was like, I'll just talk about anything with them because it's an vision of me talking to people, right? Sure. And so I said to one of these men, I said, Oh, so where's the best Vietnamese food in in Australia? You know, is it Brisbane? Is it Melbourne? Is it sure. Sydney? There's a place in Melbourne I quite like. Blah, blah, blah. And then he goes to me, Oh no, it's in Sydney. And I was like, Oh, and thinking to myself, like, think quick. There's two Vietnamese hubs in Sydney. There's Cabramatta and Marrickville. Sure. I said to him, oh, is, it, is Cabramatta better or is Marrickville better? Yeah. And he goes, oh, Cabramatta's much better. And I was like, oh, really? The foe's no good in Marrickville? And he goes, oh, yeah, it's no good. Also, they're all North Vietnamese and they killed my family. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was uh-huh. like, 
<laughs> you were like, but still, is their foe a delight? I mean, we, yeah, if we could put aside the, um, the, the sort of unending, uh, I, I guess, conflict uh, mm-hmm, that, that you feel mm-hmm. in your heart uh, uh, yeah. off the back of a very long war. Um, is, is, Do they use a lot of coriander? Because that, I have that thing. Mm, I, <laughs> I have that gene. I did yeah. a DNA test. Um, um, speaking of snacks. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, I brought snacks. Um, but if I'd known we'd be outside, I feel like this is the sort of thing that we could have like a... Like a, 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 a rosé, you know what I mean? But oh, instead sure. I have the rosé of confectionery, which is Alan's Party Mix. <laughs> what uh, is your favourite one of the Alan's Party Mix? If I open well, I thought I was getting the old Party Mix. Uh-huh. And I got the new Party Mix. The sort of lollies. Yeah. Can- uh, um, they're, a, they're a soft candy. They're a soft... Uh, they're, they're, uh, yeah, they're not quite a jube. I wouldn't call them jubes. But we've got... We've got... Um, do, do, does anybody outside of Australia have these awful bananas? These musk bananas. They are. I think they're a British thing as well. Oh. Um, they're the they're the worst they candy. The worst. I think. Yeah. You know what? They don't taste like bananas. Mm. But somebody told me something interesting, which was they taste like a kind of extinct banana. What do you? So this. So this. So when when this was formulated, I think in the forties. It was a kind of banana that kind of tasted like this bullshit, uh-huh. and then it rightly was eradicated from the earth. <laughs> but, but the flavour still maintained. survives. Echoed on. See, my conspiracy theory is that they put those substandard lollies, like the musk banana, mm-hmm. into the party mix in order to raise the standard comparatively of the other lollies. I think you're probably right. I think it's also kind of like seat fillers at the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, it's nothing like that. It's abs- I, I think what I've just suggested, <laughs> I think the world I've just built there is uh-huh. that lollies in a bag somehow need to be elsewhere <laughs> to go do coke in the bathrooms or something. And so they get bananas to fill. Now, this makes no sense at no, all. No, I mean, because it suggests that there's a that there's also an academy of sorts <laughs> that voted on who's allowed to be in the bag. Yeah, uh, exactly. Did <laughs> I tell you that once I was at an award show for the checkout and I went to the bathroom. This is with the actors. I went to the bathroom and uh, I came back and my seat was filled by a seat filler. And I was too nervous to. So ask. what did you do? I just stood. I just stood there. I stood for the rest of the ceremony <laughs> because I thought they might. I mean, be... In many ways, it looks like a protest. To be honest, <laughs> it doesn't look like a protest. Because I thought they might be a seat filler, or they might just be somebody else. You know what I mean? Or I might have come through the wrong door. <laughs> well, this is a podcast where we go through the week's classified some of the best and worst things to talk about, and this has been tagged. We've been tagged. In many of these uh, tweets uh, on this news story, Ben, this is up to the minute news. Oh yeah, There's a lot of people sending this in. Uh, this is from a couple of days ago on the twenty fifth of November, twenty nineteen. This was posted. Mm-hmm. Uh, this article is from the CSIRO. Ever heard of it? Mm-hmm. They're the sort of the equivalent of the Australian. They're Na- like um NASA, I guess, but Australian. Uh, they're absolutely not that. No, they're absolutely. I, they, they have nothing to do with space. Well, maybe not nothing, but like <laughs> NASA well, is very. Oh, okay, very space specific. Okay, so it's like the what are they, what's what's the American science one? I don't know. I don't, they're a science body. Our American body, <laughs> our American listeners can figure that out. It's like Harvard University. There's but it's, nothing like that. <laughs> anyway, okay, CSIRO uh-huh. to auction off bull semen, mm-hmm. heritage bull semen for charity. <laughs> so basically, the gist of the article uh-huh. is that the CSIRO, yes, laundered science nerds, Laud- lauded, yeah. lauded science nerds, sure. sorry, have a. Uh, not laundered. That's Laund- when you Laund- shove a nerd in a in a washing machine. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll love the uh, frequent poster on these uh, on this very podcast. Yes, <laughs> um, 
they, they basically have all this bull semen, like extinct bananas. They have all this bull semen from back in the day that they've archived over the years. In the semen vault. In the semen, in the giant, in the Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck-like semen vault they have. <laughs> the Dr. Carl goes swimming in weekly. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. While his horrified nephews look on. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, let me retake that. Uh, Spooge McDuck. <laughs> ah, boom. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, and 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 they've decided to get rid of it all because I think they looked at it and were like, Oh do wait, we, this is bullshit. Do we need decades of bull No. What happened in, was. In what happened labs. was. Marie Kondo came by <laughs> it said, and said, "Hold this bull semen, and you tell yeah, me it sparks joy." <laughs> Does the bull semen spark joy? And there was like, no, no, no. Uh, actually, kind of. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Well, you're up fine. That's the first thing. <laughs> um, uh, so they're auctioning off this bull semen. And uh, people have gotten in touch with us saying, like, is this the ultimate, is this the ultimate Fred to a good home um, uh, story? Because, number one, it's yep. got sort of, like, specific Australian stuff. I yep, very Australiana. It's obviously... Um, a kind of a, a kind of a classified, and it's like, hey, come and get your bull semen from yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's come based. It's come based. Obviously, you know? I think I think the only element that's missing, obviously, is some sort of haunting, haunted murder, haunted yeah. murder, or it was ghostly some, bull semen. Some tie doesn't even have to be a real ghost. Some tie to a sort of a thematic restaurant. <laughs> um, how much did, does the article say? How much a, a pop? No, it's it's a, it's going to be an auction. They're auctioning it off. They're auctioning all of it off. All, so, so I think it's going to be like Christie's. Okay. I don't think it's going to be done by Christie's, but I think it's, <laughs> I think it's like. I hope it's done in the same like auctioneer style. And no, no, in the same like kind of lot. You know how like in the same like, <laughs> like it'll be like Picasso, be like Picasso Edwardian the, chair, yeah, big big literal bucket of bull cum without any lid, and it's just kind of sloshing over the edges. Fabergé egg, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know what would be. Really fantastic is if you bought the bull semen, yeah, and then a man at the back of the room pressed a remote, then your bull semen was shredded, a la <laughs> Banksy painting, or boiled. <laughs> it's boiled. <laughs> Banksy has struck again. <laughs> I mean, how much? Because I remember, you know, when you drive out of city. Okay, this sounds incredibly in a city, and um, I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> I was about to say, you know, when you drive like 45 minutes out of Sydney, and there are signs everywhere for bull semen. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who grew up more than 45 minutes from the central business district uh-huh. of the city, I've never seen a sign for bull semen ever. Really? And I lived, I grew up in, like, there were farms near sure. where I lived. There, were, there was no signs for bull you semen. You know, it's like mangoes <laughs> on the side of the road. Yeah, it's like mangoes. dollars. <laughs> cherries. I swear I'm not making this up. One of the main vectors, I think, of sale for bull semen is, like, hand-drawn signs on the end of... At the, at the side of the road. I feel like the I feel like the market of bull semen is probably quite contained, isn't it? Yeah, that's a very. Now that I think about it, nobody's yeah. like, honey, no, do we need this no, driving by and being like, do we, honey, do we need bull semen? <laughs> well, I don't know, hun. Put it in your hands and see if it sparks a joy. Because, uh, yeah, <laughs> fucking kinda. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So we're getting divorced. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I think that anyone who's anyone who wants to buy bull semen, sure, is probably a farmer. Or a, a, a supervillain of sorts. I think anybody who wants to buy bull semen for non-kink reasons mm. is probably both of those things. Yeah, mate, I mean, they could be, ooh, are they trying to frame a bull? Oh, oh yeah. You know, they're robbing a bank, they're leaving bull semen everywhere, and someone's <laughs> like, well, this ejaculating, the clearly the culprit is that ejaculating bull who's robbed three banks this month. <laughs> Have you ever wondered if, like, if there's, like, a, a good thing in leaving something baffling at crime scenes? 
Oh. So people are like, well, I just can't fucking account for this. Was that a, was that a plot uh, plot line in Home Alone? In Home Alone, absolutely not. It wasn't. No. <laughs> Uh, it could have been a plot, where, plot point elsewhere where they just like do stuff that doesn't make sense to con- confound the. Well, no, because in Home Alone, sure, the the criminals played the by sticky the... bandits. I thought they were the wet bandits. Mm, see, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, between one and two, they go from either wet, wet to sticky or sticky to wet. I can't remember. <laughs> but the, what, what, one of the, but, one of the traits of the of the criminals in Home Alone is that they turn the taps on in every. Bathroom. Yes. Why do they do that? Because it's their calling card. And they say, like, this is my calling card. We're the wet bandits. <laughs> so they are the wet bandits. And then after Kevin McAllister, I think, covers them in bull semen, <laughs> they become the sticky bandits. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if, if you're a cop mm. and you came across a crime scene, mm. like, for example, a burgled house yeah. during the holidays in Chicago, I want to say. Sure. And all the taps were on. Yeah. Would you think... Immediately arrest Joe Pesci, is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, look, it's, he, he's, he's got method on this uh, role 30 years after it came Pesci, out. I think Pesci is method, so you'd pay him a call, at least, <laughs> just to rule him out. Uh, would you think... I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess to solve that mystery, you'd say, like, um, oh, maybe this is a, 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 a mer person of sorts who's doing this, <laughs> maybe an alligator. Or you'd say that this, this is a person who's probably, like, a millennial who's watched Home Alone. Oh, and yeah, 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 yeah. Well done, Bunk. Um, Hing, do you want one? Yes, let's start us off. Um, this was not sent in by anybody. Fuck yes. So, great. Um, this is from the Fountain Valley uh, Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Um, sleuths for hire. Sleuth as in... Um, S-L-E-U-T-H. If you like, have an alternate spelling for sleuth... Like the doctor. No, 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 sorry, do you mean the, sleuth the, is in the, the uh, animal that lives in trees? <laughs> You're talking about detective of sorts. Yeah, it's detective a of sorts. A hard-boiled... So uh, it's sleuths, but the S, the second S is in brackets. So it oh. could mean you could have one sleuth, two sure. sleuth, three sleuth. Four. Joe Bluth. <laughs> With my brain. Um, <laughs> very skilled at solving mysteries, tick. Tailing targets, tick. Reconnaissance. Covert operations. Private sensitive matters. If you're in need for a sleuth, I am your person. $50 a day, plus expenses. I reckon that's where they get you. Yeah, it's like postage. Yeah. Expenses is the postage of the sleuth world. Yeah. Gets you two sleuths. 50 oh. bucks a day gets you two sleuths. Plus expenses. Extremely serious and disciplined. Ooh. I don't think reading this ad, there's a way to just get one sleuth. No. There doesn't seem to be a... Uh there's, there's, there's no lower pricing structure. I didn't have a problem unless I was like re- it was really sensitive information, and I wanted to only you know to really close the circle of people who knew about it. Mm. That's the only disadvantage I can see to having two sleuths. Two sleuths is always better than one sleuth. But uh, the more sleuths there are, yep. the more sleuths there are to be caught or discovered. That's true. Although I guess then no one thinks you're hiring two sleuths. Well, no, because it's such a good deal. So if I if if I found out you're a sleuth, sure, and I was like Ben, you're sleuthing me, and I'd be like, fair cop, I'll stop sleuthing. I would not realize that right behind you on that very ferry over there is another <laughs> my my backup sleuth in a trench coat with a hat, who's actually my primary sleuth. You didn't realize <laughs> you that. were the decoy. I was the decoy sleuth. <laughs> Always have a decoy sleuth. Yeah, it's good. This is sleuthing 101. Okay, um, so 50 bucks gets you two sleuths for the day. Can I ask? Yeah. Uh, is that all there is to the ad? Yeah, that's all there is. So, can I ask, 
if you had to hire a prime, is, is there, are there any mysteries in your life right mm. now that you would need sleuths for? That's a really good question. I've, I've been thinking about one. Okay, go. Recently. Um, okay. Could a private detective get me a job? Do you know? <laughs> I, here's, here's, one, here's one I've been thinking about a lot lately, uh-huh. which is I had a person get in contact with me mm-hmm. about two years ago now yep. and said that they, they had my phone number and they called me and they said, I saw you on Good Game and I'm a real big fan. And then they said something kind of threatening. They were like, they were like um, don't worry, nothing bad's going to happen to you. I just have your phone number. Right? Uh-huh. And that and and it's like, well, I didn't think anything bad was going to yeah, happen to me until, until you kind of said that. Until you said that explicitly. Yeah, yeah. So then I was like, well, look, I, I, I I'm not crazy. I'm just going to I'm just I'm just going to tell the police about this. Right? Okay. So I went to the cops and was like, "Hey, this person called me. Um I think I think judging by some of the things they said, I think they're this person who left a bunch of comments on a couple of YouTube videos a couple of years ago and stuff. I kind of think I know that it's the same person, just the way they spoke and some of the things they referenced. Sure. And now, did uh, you tell one dete- uh, one police officer or two? <laughs> and are you sure you didn't tell the decoy? <laughs> so I went I went to the police and I said, hey, this this is a bit... Yeah. How do you feel about this? And they were like, oh, well, I mean, what do you want us to do? <laughs> and they were, they were like, well, how, they were like, well, you don't have the phone number because it's a private number. You don't know who this person is. You've got, you don't know about... You don't, yeah. you don't know it's YouTube, but like, what do you sure. want us to do about it? Yeah. Let us know when you're murdered. Yeah, no, literally, literally, the lady said, like, if you are in fear of your life, or mm-hmm. the lady I spoke to, I don't know if she was a detective or what. She was the, the <laughs> I, mean, I mean, she was somewhere that I assumed was a police station. It was either a police station or a baker's delight. <laughs> I can't tell. And she, I, she, yeah, she was like, unless you feel imminently threatened. I, th- I can't remember the exact word. She basically said, unless, yeah. they, unless they threaten you, we can't really do anything. Yeah. Um, and you were like, well, just a cheese and bacon roll, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just a, a, a cheesy mites roll, please. Yeah. So I said, so then she said, look, if you could, if you can, she's like, we could talk to them if you knew who they were. So why don't you see if you can get oh, who they initiate are. initiate contact with them maybe. Yeah, yeah. So then I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. That's insane. But I thought maybe I'll call the phone company and see if they can trace the call. Do you, do you think that's something a phone company does? Well, I know they have the technology. I've seen it on television. Yeah, okay. Yep, go on. Why wouldn't they have a record of it? They do, but like this is like... If you've seen it on television, this yeah. is like... An, an entire season of The Wire is based on how difficult it is to do this. Well, then... So, so <laughs> I called the phone company, and they were like, Oh, yeah, we have that information, but we're not going to tell you. Yeah! And I was like, yeah. I was like, why not? And, and, and they're like, well, we have no way of knowing that this person did say something unsettling to you. Yeah. And I was like, so what do you think... I'm, what do you think I'm doing here? Do you think they called me up and offered me like $1,000 or something and then I hung up and then I was like, I regret hanging up. I want to check or them down. Or do they thought that you were like doing what... The other, like... No, but they called, the, the call was incoming then. So what? So you think... Wait, you Sometimes think... if you want to deal with a weirdo, you put your phone on private, you call them up and you say, hey, let's talk. Mm-hmm. You don't have my contact details, but we can talk about this. Oh, so you, so you, <laughs> so you thought that they would think... That I'm the unhinged one. Well, you are. What gives you that idea? <laughs> so they said to me, yeah. the phone company said to me, if you go to the police and get the poli- a police report yeah. and, a, and a warrant or whatever. And a warrant. I imagine, we, yeah. We, 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 we'll do, we, Which we'll they would do have that. to go to a judge for. So then I went back to the cops and was like, look, yeah. the phone company won't help me out. Sure. But they said, if you guys get a warrant. Uh-huh. And they were like, well, get out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway, yeah. it's really weird that you like, and like, obviously that's a that's a um, 
that's a terrible situation and would have been a really unsettling feeling. But you do kind of come off as the weirdo in that story about a genuine weirdo. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> how, how could I have dealt with that situation better? Yeah, actually, maybe if the cops were a little more forthcoming, you wouldn't have had to have been such a weirdo about it. Maybe I should. Maybe private detective was what I should have done. Yeah, private detective had less scruples if if uh, popular fiction is anything to go by. Oh, yeah, you know, Assassin. Private, you need a private detective with a dodgy friend who works at Telstra as his backup, mm. as his as his second sleuth. <laughs> Do you have any mysteries you want to solve? Oh, that's a really good question. I think I'd usually I'd mainly use a private detective for pranks, and I think that's kind of outside their remit. I need to get a real crooked one. <laughs> It's like I swore an oath <laughs> that I would use my incredible eyesight my and hearing. Uh, my yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't know. There are some people in my life I'd like to know more about who are really private, but I but I kind of just have to respect that. <laughs> yeah, I I I can't understand that. Um, Sam Campbell, for example, what I, is if, he? What's if, he doing? I if I had a private detective to follow Sam Campbell around for a day, I would I would love to know that. I, you know, as I tell you, I once ran into Sam Campbell and Aaron Chen just on the street. And they were both just like, I don't know why I found this so funny and slightly sinister, but they were both just standing in the middle of a suburban street, both with big ice cream cones. <laughs> and I just found it so on brand for them. Um, I don't know where they got them, but they were just chuffed little boys with their ice cream cones. Every year, uh, Sam, Aaron and I and, and our friend Jen Wong, yeah. we go and get our I think you've spoken Santa. about this. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's just this weird tradition we started like four or five years ago and we've done it a bunch. And... This year we were going to organise it and we want it to be bigger every year. Like we want sure. more Asian Australian comedians and Sam Campbell to be in a photo sure. centre every year. And so I texted Sam the other day being like, hey, um, do you want to, like, what, what days are good for, to do this this year or whatever? And then without replying to me, I got an email. Like he didn't reply to my text, but then I got an email from Sam yeah. that was an invitation to edit a Google Doc spreadsheet <laughs> yep. that had a list of every Asian Australian comedian <laughs> in Sydney on it. Right, yeah. and then and then he divvied up, like who should con- like which of the two of us should contact either of each of these people, uh-huh. right? and had their contact details. Right, and then and then I looked at the and I was like, that's weird that he got that that he had did that so quickly. Then I looked at it and he started making it in December last year. <laughs> <laughs> been sitting on this information for a year. What was the document called? Just Asians? <laughs> uh, I think no. It was, it was called uh, uh, it was called Santa open brackets prank close brackets. <laughs> which I don't understand. Uh, hey, do you want one? Yeah, I do. <clears throat> Always. This one is taken uh, from uh, Craigslist, and it's uh, in a kind of similar kind of pranky kind of area. Mm-hmm. Need a plus one, or to prank a friend with a terrible blind date. Oh no. And there's a picture of a lady there who's crossed her eyes out there, so she doesn't want to be identified. But this is the person. This is the person and offering she's, it. She's literally just crossed her like the whites of her eyes out, so yeah. she's very much still identifiable. Yeah. Uh, do you need a hot date for a special event such as a wedding, formal, or high school reunion? Need to flex on an ex girlfriend or get your family off your back about being single? Need to prank an enemy by setting them up with a terrible blind date? Well, hang on. Those are two very different things. Is there like at least a full stop between them or is that part of the comma? Like, uh, I think there's a question mark there. It's, okay. it's errant though. Um, for $20 an hour, That's not bad. I will be whoever you want me to be. Your girlfriend, wife, sugar baby, anything. 20 bucks an hour. Is that plus expenses? Well, it doesn't could, mention could expenses. She, could she be my private detective? Well, that's <laughs> not, 
Well, she says, look, I'm an, I'm, I'm an aspiring actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, open brackets, not really, but I'm a good liar. Close brackets. Well, that's, you're not a very good liar because you've just... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'm Craig's girlfriend. <laughs> not really. I'm putting that on Craig's list. <laughs> uh, and I will attend any event and play the role of whoever, whatever you need. Yeah. Do you want to prank your friend by setting them up on an excruciatingly awkward blind date? I'm your gal. Want to dab on your homophobic family by introducing your new quote-unquote lesbian girlfriend to the fam? Oh, what? Yeah, that's not. I got you, she says. Want to play a savage April Fool's Day prank on your kids by introducing them to their, quote, future stepmom. Jesus! Who is half their age. Call me up. Oh, okay. Well, that's not as bad as I thought it would be. (laughs) Oh, because you thought it would be a baby. Like children. (laughs) Yeah. It's still, I mean, look, it's still not good. And none of this is good. Uh, $5 extra includes, I think it's $5 an hour, in- includes... Had to be. Me pretending not to speak English. To be mm. clear, this is a very white person. Sure. Me faking a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Me having an emotional breakdown in the middle of a dinner or other disruption. Available in San Diego. Uh, bookings 48 hours in advance. Uh, no sexual shit. 22 female. And, uh, I, I believe this is sincere. Yeah, I genuine. That last line makes me believe this is genuinely sincere. Yeah, no sex stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is from Coronado in uh, in San Diego. Beautiful part of the world, is it? No, I know. I don't know. I just I like <laughs> to San Diego. Sound, I like to sound travelled. There's a zoo in San Diego. There's a zoo in. I think it's. I think it's west coast of America. It's in California, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, hello, San Diego. <laughs> I think we do have some listeners in San Diego. We do. Um, yes. So. I hate this. $20 an hour. I hate it. You see, you hate this, but you were just willing to spend $50 an hour, $50 a day, on, on, s- on well, private detectives to yeah. do pranks. Well, I, I was going to spend $50 an hour a day on, on following Sam Campbell, up, <laughs> which is a very different thing. Uh, yeah, I look, there are, actually, you know what? There are some pranks in this that I, that I think are fine. Mm-hmm. I think flexing on your homophobic family yeah. by, I guess, also like you're pretending to be gay too. Yeah. Like, that's another layer of woke. Or, like, or yeah, I guess, who, who knows? The, 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 the problem is there's no details in any of this to give us any kind of context for that. I don't think a lot of these pranks have a prestige, is what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like, what are the three elements? Like, I think a lot of it's them the have the a pledge. pledge and a turn, but I don't think any of them really have a prestige. I would argue that the... Uh, I would argue the future stepmom prank could have a prestige. Well, the problem is the only way to get out of it, right, is either live this lie until... Your children, like, let's say it's the children one. You either live this lie until you're dead, or they're dead, or you have to do that. <laughs> Actually, guys, this is someone I found on the internet for no reason. Right. So that's, so that's the that's the final that's the tada. Could you? Yeah. So the, the tada is like, and now you're crying. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the. Yeah. Exactly. Like, unless you like, um, like the neatness of this has to be that she fakes her own death. In, yeah. e- in each of these situations, I think the neatest way to like get us back to normal, to reset the clock, is that it's like it has to have a sitcom ending. You know how things just kind you know, of reset. You know what I just thought of? The want to play a savage April Day, April Fool's Day prank on your kids by introducing them to their future stepmom. Yeah. You know who's not involved in that prank? Who? The children's mother. <laughs> oh, sorry. The first part of the prank is that we say that she's dead. Yes. <laughs> so you, what you need is you need your, your, your wife to fake her own yeah. death. Then you hire <laughs> this woman. I mean, this is assuming, I assume, that the woman's already out of the picture. But that is assuming a lot. Oh, right. So this is a, a divorce situation. Perhaps. Possibly. But right. also, if you really want to prank him, yeah. yeah. Step one, 
Kids, your mum's dead. Yeah. Step two, meet Shailene. She's very young and she's pregnant. Oh, and she speaks in a funny voice. Hard cut to five, 45 minutes later. Guys, I've got some terrible news about Shailene. <laughs> she got in a barrel and jumped off Niagara Falls. Yeah. And has died horribly. I don't think... I, yeah, I don't see any of these. That's what I mean. Like, at the time, Savage Prank. Getting out of it, I'm not sure. Like, mm. if I set you up... If, oh, my God. Can you imagine... My friend's lonely. Yeah. Said, like, hey, I found someone who I think would be really nice for you. And then it's just some fucking awful prank that I don't even get to enjoy because I'm not there. Unless She's not filming it. I just have, I'm just sitting at home going... <laughs> <laughs> I bet you that date's going real awkward. Yeah. Although that could be the, a great starting uh, opening stanza to a romantic comedy. Well, I was going to say, I've seen, we've, like, we've seen a lot of these ads, right? Like, this is definitely a genre of service that people provide on Craigslist. To the point where I am shocked that this hasn't been a um, rom-com. Mm. Do you hear you casting it? Okay, here it is, right? I've already got it. It's called The Plus One. Okay? <laughs> it features... I want her pretty but with glasses. Uh-huh. Uh, like a Zoe Deschanel? Yeah, but like a bit younger. You know what I mean? She's at least 35. Gross. <laughs> like I'm looking for like... Well, Hollywood times. Yeah. yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. Um, N- next, uh, next wave Zoe Deschanel. Um, she works in like uh, pot, like a kids, a kids pottery barn, not pottery, but you know where you paint like a plaster fun house. Oh sure, yep, like a, like a holiday fun kind of. Um, yeah, that's where she works. Yep. Um, and or, wait, is she now? Now is she is she the actor in this situation? Yeah, so she's also an aspiring actor. Yeah. So you get a great lot of montages about her going for ads and like oh, bad community theatre auditions and whatnot. Yep. Okay. But she's got this really good skill that all her friends are like, "You're amazing at this." Which is what being the perfect date. The perfect date or no, an awkward blind date. No, 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 no. Oh, you're rewriting. I'm rewriting you're, this. You're, <laughs> sorry, I'm, you're moving I'm, on from the source material. No, 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 because that's the first part. Of the, remember, before it went horrible, the first part of her ad mm. was I can be like. I can be anyone you want me to be, right? Yeah. Your girlfriend, your wife, your sugar baby, et cetera. Exactly. Okay, so she's okay. like got this amazing skill. Right. Where like she goes to people's events, um, like their high school reunion, an awkward wedding. And everyone they, always loves her. Family Thanksgiving. Not only do they love her, but they, they she brings out the best in that person. Right. Right. Okay. Okay, so she does that, uh, and uh, then she—I guess she meets a guy who wants it for like for real. Yeah. No, but I think for that, then she needs to be set up on that date by a mutual friend for there to be any for there to be stakes. Yes. So, she, so a friend needs to say to her, "Hey, I've got this real loser of a friend who's real lonely. Yeah. Could you go and just pretend to be? That's the what it date? is." Go go from a date, blow him off gently, mm. but just so he gets confidence. Yeah, I hope blow him off has the same meaning. <laughs> <laughs> and I, but I think worldwide, she, she probably, I imagine, uh, quite likes him. I think that's what that's what that's the inst- she likes. That's him. how we subvert it, maybe. Oh yeah, that and she's then, like it's almost like a she's all that situation where she's like, oh my god, I I went. I went in this in bad faith, but now I really like you. And he's like, well, I don't. <laughs> he's like, well, my, my wife wasn't dead. She faked her own death. <laughs> very, Ta-da! very few people go off barrels on Niagara Falls. That's just not a way people perish anymore. Back in like, back in like the 1870s, that was the leading cause of death. <laughs> but now it's incredibly rare. Two to three people a month. <laughs> Is that how Houdini died? No, he died by being punched in the stomach. Right, so he he, he jumped off Niagara Falls and did it and escaped or whatever. Yeah, I I reckon he wasn't in the barrel when it went over. That's <laughs> you, my theory. I think that would I be a good, got two barrels. I, I think that'd be a good way of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my preference. Yeah, I think I think if you said 
I think I could I could go off a barrel on Niagara Falls if asterisk I wasn't in the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you I have did. to have a recording device in there of your screen. I think he did it. I think there's a way of doing it. Do you want to test this? I'm thing? actually just thinking about it now. Like, That'd be a great thing to do. <laughs> Say, hey, look, I need someone <laughs> to pretend to be a world class magician <laughs> who can go off a barrel. Uh huh. Uh huh. In, in, uh, go off Niagara Falls in a barrel. Uh huh. And then you give them twenty dollars. And they do it, and you see if they survive. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. How much, because you're gamefully employed, you don't really need money. So this is an interesting question for me. How much would I have to pay you to do a magic show? Do you remember when we were in uh, LA, Mm. and we went to the Magician's Castle? I wasn't there, but I do remember you guys talking about it. Um, There was like a thing where like you went into this tiny little theatre, and there was like seats for like 15 people. Right. And there was like a card table at the front, and this this magician did close-up magic, right? Uh Goes for like half an hour how much would I have to pay you to just do one of them without any skill whatsoever <laughs> well, no well, this is unfair though because you actually can do some close up magic but not, not I've, I've never done any I don't and, have any and, of the hands. and skills. that's perfect that's what I mean like that that then you can't stop that incredibly uncomfortable half hour. Well, do I have time to? to <laughs> you have think? no time. I'm, you're on in half an hour. Well, how? Well, I'm going to give you a deck of cards. That's all I've Name got. Name your price. I'm going to give you a deck of cards and however much money it takes you to do this. I mean, look, let's What's be honest. What's the lowest you'd go? I'd, I'd just know. No, no, I'd probably do it for like fifty dollars, to be honest. What? I, it sounds. It actually sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I, because I, I think the first five minutes, the first two minutes, I think would be some of the worst like performing times in my life. But <laughs> then there would come a moment where I would where I would just begin to enjoy the politeness of the people who hadn't walked out. And that's really where I come into my own. <laughs> I think I would I think I would like vomit. I think I would physically be I mean I've bombed before. We've spoken about this. I am no stranger to bombing. But there's something about that setting and that expectation. I mean, look, look, honestly, honestly, if it was in the Magician's Castle, whatever it's called, I'd yeah. do it for free. <laughs> if, you, if you got me into the Magician's Castle, yeah, no, now that I'm thinking about this, I would actually, this would be the most fun thing in the world. Because there are people who, like, because yeah, the Magician's Castle, I haven't been, but you need to get dressed up to get in, don't you? Yeah. And you need to like get in, to get into, you need to know a magician or something? You need to know a magician, yeah. Right, okay. So these people know a magician. That, 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 so that means they've probably seen some magic, probably or, some quite good magic. Or I think you either need to know a magician or you pay like some absurd amount of money. To be a member or something. To, no, it? for like one dinner. Right. And then when, you're at, when you, you go to dinner at their restaurant and then you can wander around. Okay, okay. Well, my, my, my point is these people have come to the magic castle. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and they're like, well, clearly what we're here to see. Is some good magic. Is, is some pen and Teller bullshit. Yeah. That's what we're here to see, right? And then I come out. Probably dress like this: shorts, t-shirt, overshirt. How would you play it? Would you play it like every trick's going wrong, or every trick's going exactly correct, but no, it's just baffling? No, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> definitely the second one. Definitely the second one. You know, you, you can't look. There's one thing audiences don't respect, and that's weakness, Ben. All right, they will audience. I've seen audiences countenance all kinds of bullshit at, for example, the Adelaide Fringe Festival. You know, and the, the, what, what separates. Those who rise to the top from those who sink into the, the, the cavernous viper's den that is, that is the Adelaide Fringe is, yeah. do you ever flinch from their gaze? Do you reckon, yeah, you're right, actually. I think, like, they're kind of, like, using, like, their kind of Occam's razor mm. would be, like, we're at the Magic Castle. I'm missing something. Like, that was, that had to be impressive. I'm sure I've told you this story. But when I went to the Edinburgh Fringe about five years ago, there, there was a comedian called John Kearns who I really wanted to see. Yeah. 
and he's kind of known for doing this offbeat or awkward weird comedy and he was in a thing called the free friend show you couldn't pre-book tickets so i just got into the line at this venue and walked in and what i didn't realize is that this was one of those venues where there's like six different rooms and I thought I'd gotten into the John Kern line. <laughs> In actual fact, I'd gone into a magic show. <laughs> but, but, so the, but I had no idea. I, I, and, because, and because of the weird nature of John Kern's comedy, who's a very gifted comedian who I, who's won awards and is, is, is really funny, a, sort of an older man came out dressed as a magician and <laughs> goes, welcome to the magic show. And I was like, wow, John Kern's has hired magi- and my brain is working overtime to be like oh this is probably a metaphor for like him as a performer at like that after is comedy amazing. so you, you've literally had the opposite experience of what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and well, well, well like half and half because there were six magicians in this show right and none of them and were John Kearns none of them were John Kearns uh, it went there was a man there was a, an older there was, a, there was an older man an older woman there was a younger guy it was about the, th- the third magician I saw about <laughs> half an hour into the show it was kind of where it began to click because he was terrible right and I thought, oh, this is where the jokes are coming. Yeah. Because the first two were quite good. They did. Oh, one, the, the guy was like a mentalist, the first guy, and then the lady um, did some sort of um, like, bi- like I guess what you call like big tricks, like with uh, ropes and uh, <laughs> yeah, hoops and magic stuff. tricks. Yeah, yeah. Some magic t- tricks. The third, if the, you will. The third guy was a card guy, and he was terrible. And and like half the tricks weren't working, and he couldn't get it to work. And I was like, oh, this is the bit. Yeah. This is the joke. Yeah. And so I and and unfortunately you vocalized that. Yeah, no, li- literally I was the only person in the oh, audience. Oh shit. I was laughing so hard. He like he like he like went to fan out cards to give some, I think he was quite hungover. He went to fan out cards to get someone in the front row to pick one and just drop them all over a lady. <laughs> and I laughed so hard and then no one else was laughing. And then I I, I you know as an audience member, I'm trying to. I'm like, I don't want it's like to bomb. I'm like, no, fuck you guys, the rest of the audience. I'm gonna laugh harder so that they know I'm appreciating the comedy in this show. Oh, that's so good. Anyway, it was like 40 minutes in that I was like, I don't think this is the right show. <laughs> it's like that's like the time that I read Margaret Atwood's The Robber Bride, thinking it was a sci-fi book, and just spent like <laughs> the time travel 300 the pages of like a very well written story about some sad Canadian ladies being like, which one of these is a cyborg? <laughs> Uh, oh, um, man. Ben, do you have another one for us? Yeah, I think I'll go home with this one. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is from, oh, one of our wonderful uh, listeners, Hannah Burgess. Thank you, Hannah. And uh, thank you to all our listeners for send, keeping on sending in stuff during this hiatus. Mm. Um, it shows a lack of um, jadedness and an abundance of faith that I think is um, frankly pathetic. <laughs> Hannah Burgess, welcome to the Hall of Cowards. Yep. Hope you enjoy your stay. Uh, this is in Brisbane. Uh, sorry, this is from Brisbane Craigslist and from the Lost and Found. Lost half a box of condoms. <laughs> I finally found a box of condoms that fit and I lost the unhalf used to the box while walking home from a happy session with a mate. <laughs> Please help me find them. Now, that's the whole ad. Okay, so this is this is, person has finally, after years of searching, yeah. has found a box of condoms that finally fit. This is like too incredible... Humble brag. It's not even humble brag. Like this is too. Because the assumption is that this person has an incredibly immense dong. Well, that's the thing. That's what they want you to think. That's what they want you to think. But I mean, like the reverse problem could just be as true. Yeah, but, yeah. But definitely the implied subtext of this ad is I've is got a, giant I've got a dong. huge dick and I had sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like two from two. Because like I finally found. Like mm. if you have a big dick, just get large condoms. Yeah. 
But no, you had to like fucking go on like a quest because there's only like one manufacturer that makes condoms the size of his enormous dick. You had to get them bespoke dick. made by Daniel Day-Lewis who's, <laughs> who's preparing for his next role. <laughs> As a condom cobbler. Yeah. <laughs> Living in an Italian village somewhere. Did you watch that movie? The one where, you know what's so funny? I remember that thing about him going and doing that to be a cobbler, but I n- I've never seen a film where he's a cobbler. Maybe he was preparing for the dressmaking film. That was so long ago. Oh, you know what? You know what? I'm getting confused. No, what? I'm getting confused. So, Daniel Day-Lewis, yep. he does do that thing where, for example, for the dressmaking film, he went and became a dressmaker for a yeah. year or whatever. Like it's called he Phantom does. Thread. Just Okay, well, I, I can't remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Phantom Menace. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he went. He did, he went for 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 a year leading up to Phantom Menace, he was a dressmaker. Yeah, but and it really came out in his performance of Jar Jar Binks. I think <laughs> we slammed him for that. But. <laughs> but the, but then after a film, he goes and works as a cobbler in Italy. Oh. unrelated to any film. Right. That That's makes... like a, if you could have any job in the world, what would you do? He's an Italian cobbler. I think he's probably just a cobbler. Like, I don't think he. I don't well, he's, he's in Italy doing cobbler. Yeah, but I don't think he puts on his um, customs form. I'm an Italian cobbler. No, that's maybe that's maybe that's his true maybe that's his true self. Sure, that's who he actually is. Yeah. He's actually an Italian cobbler oh. from Venice or something. And he's he's researching for the role, the role of, an of Irish Day Lewis. Of an Irish actor. Yeah, da- that he's, he's researching for the role of a Daniel Day Lewis biopic. Yeah, will come out in 2050. My God. Um, that clears up a lot because I was always wondering. I've never seen that cobbler movie. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I'm that makes sure, so much more sense. I'm pretty sure because I think I've seen everything he's done. Yeah, maybe my left foot. <laughs> that's, that's probably the, the least likely. But uh, my left. Anyway, um, is this mm-hmm. a post in earnest? Or is this somebody just trying to impress people on Brisbane Craigslist oh. that they took their abnormally sized dong, big or small, uh-huh. and had sex with it? Sure. Well, I think if it was an abnormally sized, if it was a very small dong, yeah, I think there's so much shame around that kind of uh, bot, bot, body image. I don't know, whatever. Sure. That you you probably wouldn't do this post. Sure. You'd probably go, hey, if any, <laughs> hey, if anyone's found an extra small box of condoms, are there mine? Like that's <laughs> that's probably not going to be the post. Sure. So I think this person wants us all to think that their dong is huge. But do right? you think? And, you- and so I think. Actually, I agree with you. I, th- I think you're right. I think this isn't an earnest thing. I think what it is is I'm scrolling through Craigslist through Lost and Found, think you know, trying to find my dog or whatever, or my uh, what else have I lost? I don't know. A boy. What? Like a a, a, a buoy. A, a buoy. This is what happens when we record by the water. You've just got a <laughs> nautical brain. Because by the way, if you lose a child, there's a lot of steps before Craigslist. <laughs> I lost, um, yeah, I lost uh, my harpoon. I lost a white whale. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh huh. Uh huh. But in in this scenario, I'm scrolling through that and I go, oh, hang on, mm. what do we have here? This person. So you think he's waiting to get inundated with being like, hey man, I didn't see your condoms. But, but if I, you want to uh, road dog me, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come round to my place. It's you know in in uh, well, New Farm, I think. It you is. know what? Good luck to you. <laughs> Good luck to you, mate. I think Craigslist Brisbane is the sort of place where you could just say that if you wanted to say it. I Hello, I've got a giant dick and would you like to fuck? Yeah, you know. I think that you'll catch a lot more uh, ants with honey uh, than with vinegar. Here's what it is. What? I don't think his dick's very big. Oh. Because I think, knowing what I know of Craigslist, sure. I reckon if he had a giant dong, probably would just post a photo of that thing. That's probably true. Probably would have just got out the, uh, the iPhone camera and, and, we, and, and taken a and photo of it. And we have the technology to do it. Yeah. So I think actually this is him thinking like, look, you know who's getting all that? You know who's getting all that sweet sex out there? Guys with these giant oh, dongos. 
Yeah, and he doesn't want to lie. Mm. So, so he's left him left himself some wiggle room, room so there. So somebody contacts him and be like, hey, I, uh, you want to look for these condoms together? Or he doesn't whatever. want the checkout to come after him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, because it's like, please help me find them. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they have sex. And it's like, hey, man, I, I, I got to say, like, thank you for the sex. But like, I, I was thought- the impression that you had a huge dick. And... Uh, you don't, he's like, no, I said that I find it hard to find condoms that fit because it is the shape of a Smurf or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it is the exact shape of Smurfette um, and, from the Smurfs. And, 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 and luckily, luckily uh, yours is the shape of Gargamel. So. Yeah. <laughs> Viewed from the side. Um, yeah, so look, I, I say good luck to you, but also I say it's 2019. Yeah. Just ask if anybody wants to have sex with you and your lovely penis. Yeah, or you your tiny I mean? penis. I, well, I'm, I'm sure, well, hang on. I'm sure that there is probably a community out there of people who are into that. I mean, there definitely is, I imagine. Yeah. 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 So just go with it, guys. It's 2019. Be yourself. Reach for that rainbow. <laughs> Don't, let's cut. I want to I say 2020 new slate. Let's say we cut the BS. You know, let's cut the BS. You saying it's 2020 because even though we're recording this in November 2019, you think it won't get released? Before. I don't want to put a timestamp on it, <laughs> to be honest. We've already said that we've linked it to that bull semen story, and that has me worried. <laughs> um, so, Ben, have you got anything coming up in the near uh, couple of weeks or months no, that you want to plug? I've just got my newsletter that I've been putting out from time to time every mm-hmm. couple of weeks. So if you go to the Idiot Report, uh, theidiotreport.com, uh, you can sign up for that, and uh, already some Freddie Home listeners have, and they've gotten in touch and said they, they like it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I imagine there's some that don't, but they haven't, because that's quite nice. There's no need for them to there's get in no touch. There's no need to get if, in touch. If someone did hate it and they yeah. replied to. The, do you get those emails? I, I mean, I, I, I have no way of filtering them, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to open them first. That, that'd be great if, if Google, if Gmail or whatever had a. Um, Sort of a filter for negative feedback that you could turn off. Yeah. That'd be a dream. I mean, like, the worst thing you could do is, like, write something nice so it shows in the subject line. Oh, and then once and you open you, it. It's like, hey, I really enjoyed the newsletter. What a great newsletter. Click for a clown to write <laughs> or something. It's <laughs> equally devastating. Um, Hing, how about you? I am... Uh, You're going to be in LA. I'm going to be in Los Angeles. Uh, me and friends of the show, Demi Lardner, Tom Walker, uh, Dave Harmon. What a silly Jared bunch Khan, of people. Uh, and uh, Enemy. Of the podcast, Mario Marbub. Uh, yeah. We're all going to Disneyland for a couple of days. Uh, some Dragon Friends listeners have gotten in touch and said they want to hang out. We might do a little Dragon Friends, Free to Good Home meetup or over the there. The last time we did a Dragon Friends meetup, mm. we had some excellent Dragon Friends fans turn up and I got a tattoo. <laughs> was that in Los Angeles? That was in LA, yeah. Right, okay. So maybe we'll do that again and can you get a tattoo in Sydney? <laughs> yeah, just call me up. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to be there for the next couple of months. I'm going to be doing some stuff at UCB and hanging out there. And then, uh, yeah, next year, back in the feed and whatnot. Um, but um, yeah. So yeah, thank you for sending in the Classifieds. Please keep sending them into our Facebook page. We've got a Facebook group, uh, Free to a Good Home, brackets, a podcast about Classifieds, closed brackets. Yep. Uh, listen to Dragon Friends and we will see you sometime in 2020. Bye. Bye. If you like pina coladas Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.